Welcome to the Multiverse of Badness. I'm one of your hosts, Mike, and since we've got a three-issue comic book arc to review today, I'm going to keep my normal bloviating to a minimum and just introduce you all to the all-you-can-eat curry to my buffet. Zach, how are you doing today, buddy? I was really looking forward to doing this big, like, verbose Super Bowl Sunday kind of entrance to the podcast, but after your restrained approach... <laughs> I can't say it. Restrained approach to the beginning of the episode. I feel it would just be in poor taste. Yeah, well, most of what we do is in poor taste, and our patrons know that. If you listen to our Patreon, $1.49 a month, guys, you get to hear us pregame, and everything we say in there is in poor taste. So... You get to, if you sign up to our Patreon, you get to find out how we feel about people with the name Jake. Yes, it's a whole mood. And I'll tell you what else is a whole mood, Zach. The comic books we're going to review today from August of 1982. I actually own these. Shocker. They are the Marvel Superheroes Contest of Champions entire run one through three. It's soon as you pluralized comics, then my heart sank. <laughs> it's normally enough to get through one book, but this was exhausting. This took up my afternoon. Well, this whole series was kind of, uh, just to let everybody know, a little fucky from the jump. This was originally supposed to be a celebration of the 1980 Summer Olympics. But when the U.S. pulled out of the Summer Games, they shelved it for a couple of years, rewrote a bit of it, and this is what we got. Oh, there we go. Nice to know that there is a uh, a bit of reasoning behind what we're about to suffer through. But like, as it says on the front cover of the first issue, the Marvel Superhero Contest of Champions, featuring every single superhero on Earth in the greatest battle of all, which is absolute bullshit because it involves, at most, 24 superheroes. <laughs> yeah. Dazzler's face on the front of this is fucking hilarious on the Dazzler first Dazzler on the cover of this resembles to me, and I don't know if you're aware of it, the cover of... Is it Transylvanian Hunger by Dark Throne? I have no like idea. The, That's a oh, deep God. cut there. It, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's got real strong black metal vibes. <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. Yeah, she looks like uh, King Diamond. <laughs> Yes! Total King Diamond vibes. <laughs> so there you go. So we And the Hulk looks like Paul McCartney. <laughs> An angel sitting there with his wings. Paul McCartney and wings. So we're going to move on. from <laughs> Page one, we get a conversation between two celestial figures who are not introduced. But if you know anything about the Grandmaster, it's pretty obvious. One of them is the Grandmaster. And the other is wearing a cloak hinting about life and death circumstances. Gee... We'll talk about that later. They want to play a little game. What kind of game are we going to be partaking in today, Zach? Well, believe it or not, two Marvel superheroes are going to wake up in a grotty basement tied, chained, nay, to radiators with a dead man lying in... I'm trying to allude (laughs) to the fact that it's sore. It's not sore. It's going to be the Marvel Superhero Contest of Champions featuring every goddamn superhero on Earth, apart from, like, most of them. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what, they do a fucking hell of a whiz-bang job because we're just going to skip 11 pages here and tell you what happens in 11 pages. They go out and pluck... Every superhero on the planet Earth, and they disappear with one of Stu's favorite words, BAMP. And the thing to note here, and this is important, even though it's really not, some of the heroes they grab are the Thor, Damian Hellstrom, and the Eternals. That becomes important, but not important later. 
Yeah. <laughs> so after these 11 pages, we get four pages of literally just heroes introducing themselves to each other. And my favorite panel, the brand new superhero Shamrock giving Captain Britain the stink eye. Well, this is what I mean. Um, I'm glad you brought that up because when all of these characters are getting bamfed out of existence, uh, we're introduced to the so- <laughs> the Soviet super soldiers. Yeah. Bamf, gone. <laughs> We've got the X-Men. Bamf, gone. Everyone's getting bamfed, gone. But I've noticed once they've got rid of the main teams, the Fantastic Fours, the X-Men, and they have to start showing the global nature of uh, the superheroes getting bamfed out of existence. Anyone who isn't an American superhero is just a stereotype of their country. <laughs> Pretty much. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's bad. This is, um, there's going to be a lot of questionable uh, race-based things in this arc. Well, I'll tell you, of all of those things, I think the most off-putting thing about these three comics is it seems in some panels... And correct me if you disagree, that Black Panther actually has white skin underneath his eyes. Yes, I'm so glad it wasn't just me that noticed this. They made the Black Panther a white guy. That's just something that is in this book. Now, we never saw Black Panther take his mask off, and he is referred to as Chikala. However, I'm telling you, he's a white man underneath there. I'm not blind. He's also referred to as something else by Wolverine, and I know it's alluding to his costume, but it could also come across as really fucking racist. (laughs) Well, Wolverine is smoking in this uh, contest of champions at one point, so he's running fast and loose with what's acceptable by the comic book code of America. At this point, the game is finally explained, Zach. The Grandmaster and this other entity have laid out the rules for our heroes. If the Grandmaster wins... He can bring his brother, the Collector, back to life. And he also promises not to fuck around with making Earthlings his pawn anymore. If the other entity wins, Grandmaster's going to be dead forever. And they're going to extend the life of the sun one million years. Boom. Everybody wins. (laughs) Apart from if the Grandmaster wins, and then the Grandmaster wins, and nobody else wins. We'll see if that's true or not, but... To extend the rules a bit, we're going to split up an orange wedge, which is about the size of a VW Beetle, into four pieces. (laughs) This is where it gets fucky, right out the chute. They say to keep things fair, no immortals, inhumans, Atlanteans, Eternals, or aliens, and we're only going to pick 12 people. Out of the fucking thousands of heroes we brought here today, we're only going to pick 12. I think that in the NFL draft, they don't get all the fucking players into the room and only pick the players that get drafted. I think they do that beforehand. This is pretty stupid. Yeah, it seems like a waste of effort to get every superhero on Earth to statistically only choose like less than a uh, handful of them to take place in your little game. And what a little game it is, because the consequences are... <laughs> So fucking minimal when it comes to the actual contest side of this. Well, as you mentioned, they make a very big scene of picking non-US-based heroes. And there are some, like, that get picked, like the Arabian Knight and Shamrock and Defensor and Le Peregrine. Somehow still, they have the pick of all the non-immortal, eternal, etc., etc., They could have picked Spider-Man. They could have picked Doctor Strange. They could have picked the Scarlet Witch. They could have picked Quicksilver. You know who gets picked? Angel and these other fuckers. (laughs) Yeah, you lead me to believe that you're going to pick La Pella Green when you could have the Hulk, 
The actual Hulk. <laughs> yeah, well, again, you can already tell this makes no sense. This is the first issue, pretty much. So then we're taken to the next issue, and boy, I'll say this, they start out fast. Right into a contest we go at the North Pole. So yeah, basically this book is now going to be broken up into four contests. Each one being on a different place on Earth looking for a different slice of the giant orange. Uh, each with three superheroes from opposing teams dropped into the scenario, first one to find the orange wins. Yeah, that's it. That really is it. <laughs> and the only thing really notable in this first contest is that Talisman ends up attacking the invisible girl and brings her into something called a dream time spell. Again, I wouldn't even mention that, but it becomes it becomes a bit important later in the book. Daredevil ends up with the wedge and Grandmaster's up one to nothing. I just love at the beginning when they're dropped into this frozen tundra and on the <laughs> unknown entities team, you've got uh, Iron Fist, Sue Storm and Sunfire. And Sue Storm goes, right, let's work together. And Sunfire goes, no, and flies away. <laughs> that is true. The other thing worth mentioning here is she is still, at this point, the invisible girl, even though she's a full-ass grown lady. She's referred to many times as the invisible girl. Second contest. Cool Modi and Will Smith would be pleased because we are in the wild, wild west. I can pretty succinctly describe to you what happens in oh, contest two. Yes, like this is what to. I want to hear. This is what I'm here for. Tell me, <sighs> sir, what happens. So, this is. I'll read my notes as they are. It says, <laughs> holy fuck, things get nasty quick between the Arabian Knight and Sabra. Defensor is some kind of Brazilian lover boy. Um, this is the most racist comic of all time, by the way. So, She-Hulk is then racist to Arabian Knight. Then, Iron Man is racist to Defensor. Then, Captain Britain is racist to Arabian Knight. Then, Arabian Knight is racist to Captain Britain. <laughs> then, it's a bit of a racist back and forth between the two. Then, Iron Man is sexist yes. to She-Hulk. <laughs> then, Arabian Knight takes it for the Unknowns team. Yeah, that's it. One to one. Now we're tied. <laughs> You you summed that up better than I ever could if that was perfect. There are some words in this book that I would be genuinely taken aback if my grandparents used. <laughs> that's, that's a statement. So now, <laughs> contest three, we're somewhere in the ancient city in China. Wolverine takes a smoke break at this point. But the thing I don't understand is near the end of the game, the thing and Black Panther on different teams... Yet, Black Panther points and goes, it's there, Ben, dig there. Because <laughs> they're mates, though, aren't they? Like, they, they even, Ben says it at some point, like, hey, lay off him, Wolverine, me and him are friends. Yeah, but I don't think that's the way the game's supposed to be played. You're dealing with celestial entities here, Black Panther. Don't you think that they're watching going, hey, the Black Panther just told that motherfucker where it's at? I think they would call foul. The Black Panther just found out he's white. He's having a bit of an identity <laughs> crisis. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with that. So Grandmaster's team up two to one. Anything else to add about Contest 3? Uh, no, carry okay, on. Yeah. Well, well it's, done. <laughs> it's the worst of the contest. Contest 4. May as well fire up the GNR because welcome to the jungle, baby. These are probably the most worthless teams of the bunch. There's a one panel, though, I have to bring in. Where Sasquatch looks like somebody splooged on his chest. Yeah, wow. So, there's definitely something white and sticky going on on his chest there. Hey, maybe he just needed to relieve himself and he lay down on his back. Hey, never mind. Mike, <laughs> do you think it is cheating, given that they're supposed to have three people per team here, uh, but they put the collective man as one of their team members, who 
if I have read this comic correctly, believe his power is like he has the power of the entirety of China at his disposal. Yeah, but he only splits into five people. So you think he would do a little better than that? <laughs> the power of China, still divided by five, is quite a lot of power. <laughs> you would think so. But either way, I think the thing that's most impressive here is that Captain America has pretty much all but faced off against Shamrock. The thing to note about Captain America is he is probably the oldest of Marvel superheroes or one of the handful. This is Shamrock's third appearance in comics because her first two were in Contest of Champions 1 and 2. We're on book three now. She not only holds her own against Captain America, she outlucks him because that's her power, the luck of the Irish, and gets the final cut of the wedge to put Grandmaster up 3-1. to 3-1, to one. it ties it, it sinks it, the Grandmaster wins, and uh, humanity does not get to prosper forth for millions of more years. Can I ask you one question? Why didn't they just split the wedge up into three pieces so they could guarantee a victor? <laughs> uh, because they were too busy creating the biggest crossover event in superheroes history, combining all of Earth's mighty... Oh, actually, no, sorry... 24 of Earth's mightiest heroes into a game of Capture the Flag. <laughs> capture the four orange wedged flags. So now they're brought back and game's over. We're told that, yes, the collector is going to be brought back to life. However, Talisman and most of the people there are a little skeeved by this. They're like, something doesn't add up. And Talisman's like... If you bring back somebody to life, that disrupts the balance. You're going to have to kill somebody. Who is this celestial being? Well, if you haven't figured it out by now, you're a fucking idiot. Because literally, it looks exactly like she does in every fucking thing she's referred to as a she. Talisman gets the invisible woman to go in the dream state again and pull the shroud back. Who are we dealing with at this point, Zach? None other than Liza Minnelli. Fucking hell, boys. <laughs> no, the only thing worse than Liza Minnelli. Death. <laughs> the only thing. The only thing worse than Liza Minnelli is death. <laughs> and taxes. But. Yeah, the only three things you can be sure about in life is death, taxes, and Liza Minnelli. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, at this point. We get to see Death, and this, I think, is the first time I've actually seen Death with her shroud completely fold off, and it's just like a skull. It's a little bit <laughs> disarming. <laughs> yeah, it, it all gets a bit adventure time, if, if anything. <laughs> so, Death has not changed the rules, but somehow Grandmaster is dumb enough not to ask Death the full scope of the rules and death pulls a little swerve here what's death up to well you're gonna have to bear with me here mike because i skimmed the end of this book i really <laughs> gave up quite early on when it came to the marvel contest of champions but from looking at the pictures and not necessarily reading the words i have surmised that <laughs> the only way to bring back the collector is to sacrifice the Grand Master. And the Grand Master goes, you know what? Yeah, I like that. That seems nice. And does it. 
Yeah, the only thing you miss is Grandmaster doesn't say it's nice, but he goes, well, I guess I'm going to do this now. So, yeah, it's over. Collector's back, Grandmaster's dead. And for anyone, you need to jump ahead 15 seconds if you don't want an Exterminator's 5 spoiler. 15 seconds starting now. In Exterminator's 5, Jubilee fucking destroys the Collector. So all this shit about Celestial Beings being fucking big and shit. No, Jubilee takes care of business and fucks the Collector. So he's not that big. Thing is... If you're uh, if you're back from the 15 second break, is that I didn't get the 15 second break and haven't got that far yet. So there we go, Mob Squad. Ah, uh, you aren't gonna read it anyway. If you haven't I... read it by now, you're not <laughs> reading it. Yeah, in all fairness, like I I barely read the books we have to for this. <laughs> I think I think I might not like comics i think i think i've just figured it out (laughs) well that's because you are letting me pick comics at least half the time and that's why zach you don't like comics so with that said yeah collector's back grandmaster's dead they send everybody back to doing what they were doing the end fucking contest of champions my ass yep it's uh there you got it you got your best superheroes you fit all your favorites the, the captain britons and the arabian knights and the defensors you got vanguard from the super soviet strike force or whatever they were called all your favorites in one comic how can now, you me... not be fucking stoked on this thing <laughs> now i do have one question for you zach what were the other people fucking doing while the, t- the 24 people were off playing they're just standing in a room that looks pretty tight it's got to be getting gamey in there yeah, but I'd like to think that they have, like, very small TVs uh, to watch what's happening in each area and, like, not enough pizza to feed everyone. Like, there's pizza, <laughs> but there is not enough pizza to feed everyone. <laughs> yeah, and the Hulk's over there eating, like, pies consistently and Dazzler's waiting in line going, where's my fucking pizza? Dazzler's Dazzler. just doing her best death metal scream. <laughs> pizza! <laughs> so... I think we're done with this, and we need to rate it now. Radness and sadness, and then we're going to decide how to rate it. What's your radness, Zach? Oh, that's such a such a great question. I think I'm just going to have to go really niche and say my favorite thing, the radness, the coolest thing about the Marvel Superhero Contest of Champions is that one panel where Captain America's getting attacked by a boa constrictor. Uh, and the look on his face is absolutely priceless. Apart from that, there's not very much else to like. I'll say this, is that I actually like the potential for Shamrock of all the heroes that they introduced. Uh, the fact that she outmaneuvered Captain America, and then someone actually wrote her backstory, and it involves Arnim Zola, and her dad's an asshole, and it involves the IRA, and it's a whole mood and I like the idea of manipulating odds as your power. I thought that was pretty cool, and I would actually like to find out more about Shamrock. So, yeah, that's my that's my radness. I'd like to find out if that's the first time in human history that IRA have been referred to as a whole mood. <laughs> the whole mood. Well, sadness oh. is a whole mood as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Terrorism is a vibe. <laughs> <laughs> but sadness... What Sadness, do you think? Um, it's just a lot of the genuine word choices. Like, there are words printed <laughs> in this book for children that I would not use or say out loud. But, like, all the way down, not even that, just like the way that Peregrine's speech is written. 
Everyone else speaks normally, but because he's French, it's all ze, need to find ze. It's phonetically spelt like a bad French impression. It's just, yeah, there's a lot of, um, a lot of questionable ethical choices in this book. Yeah, well, my sadness also, Shamrock. Because come to find out, after this series, where she looks like she might actually be something in the Marvel Universe, not referred to for years, and when she finally is... She is now a hairdresser for superheroes, and they show her squeezing back into her old Shamrock outfit, but she's gained weight and she's feeling self-conscious. I think that's the end of her storyline. So sadly, Shamrock, who I thought had a pretty interesting power set, they just completely fucked off with, as well as this whole book. I don't know if you know this, because this is based on networks in the United States. We used to have something called Battle of the Network Stars. Do you know what that is? I could surmise that it is where they have network stars and they make them battle. Yeah, they compete against each other in dumb fucking contests. And this has that whole vibe, completely worthless, team split up nearly at random just to do something stupid. So, yeah, I just didn't like this. So We have something similar to that in the UK where uh, at six o'clock on each channel, the news is on. And then seven o'clock, all the news presenters will gather in a room and just have a fist fight. <laughs> uh, and then you find out uh, by about eight o'clock, because it's a long fight. Eight o'clock each day, you win. Uh, you find out who wins the news for the day. So you see these news stations going out and hiring like big, strong MMA fighters. No, not at all. They're just very, very old British men. <laughs> okay, well, that actually scares me even more. So from that... Do you know how we're going to rate this this week, or do we need to throw something together? We, this week, are just going to spit it. We're going to freestyle it. And is <laughs> this week, we are going to rate the book on, is it a contest winner or a dollar book sinner? Ooh. <laughs> I was going to say a shit pudding dinner, but there you go. <laughs> or is it a contest winner or is it the Marvel Superhero Contest of Champions? That's going to be the rating <laughs> system. <laughs> well, this is an easy one then. It is the Marvel Superheroes Contest of Champions. <laughs> I couldn't recommend this to anyone. It's dumb. There's no consequence. Grandmaster looks like a complete fucking idiot, and he's supposed to be smart. Death is death. You know it from the time you see it. They keep dropping hints. If you don't know it's death after the first panel, you're stupid. It's just stupid. That's all I can say. The art is uninspired. There's, <laughs> there's another great panel where when... In the first book, all of the superheroes do get bamfed into the auditorium. In the foreground, I, I guess Falcon is supposed to be rubbing his eyes from the bamfing, <laughs> but he just looks like he's crying. It looks like there's like <laughs> everyone's in this room and Falcon's like, oh, I want to go home. <laughs> no, he's actually crying because he knows how bad this fucking story is. So with all that said, Mob Squad, I think we're done. So we have to oh, do I'm, our I'm normal. Done. I, I'm, I'm, I'm done. He's done. <laughs> Zach just left the fucking podcast, and okay, I guess I'll finish this up by myself. Actually, he's not. He's still here. But Mob Squad, thank you again for listening to this stinker of a comic book. But if you like these kind of things, then you're in the right place. And if you'd like to help support our terrible habit of bringing this to the public, you can support us on Patreon for $1.49 a month. Uh, we are 
putting some horror movie reviews out there every so often. We're putting out pre-gaming. We'll probably put out a few other things. Thank you, Ken and John and our newest member, Stu. But you can reach us on the Patreons at patreon.com slash multiverse of badness. As far as Twitch, I'll let you tell them how to reach us on Twitch. Uh, you can find me, the young guy on the podcast, <laughs> doing streaming of actual video games on Twitch at Multiverse of Bad. I'm trying to get a more regular schedule with it, but Mike, you know me. I am a scatterbrain, lazy bollock boy. <laughs> uh, so, you know, just go on Twitch and if I'm on, I'm on. Hallelujah. Everyone's a winner. If not, watch someone else. And then, as you know, we don't fuck around with the Twitters and the Instagrams at the moment. But if you think we're bullshitting you about our emails, I've worked up a little ditty so you can remember how to reach us on the social media. <laughs> if you're on the Mastodon and don't like to mail, we're at the Multiverse of Badness at 2.whales. That's the Multiverse of Badness at 2.whales. And finally, Zach, how can they reach us on the emails if they so prefer? You can reach us on emails at multiverseofbadness.com. <laughs> Um, you can reach us as always at one man with the collective power of China at multiverseofbadness.com <laughs> and you can reach us at just why do we why must we keep doing this at multiverseofbadness.com <laughs> well we do it for the fans Zach we have three actual fans and supposedly more thank you for everyone that's out on the discord channel reach out to us if you want to be on the discord channel we'll give you an invite as long as you're not a complete asshole all that said if you ever get a chance to choose 12 podcasters to face off against death in a battle with severe consequences only choose Zach and I if one of the contests takes place in the because we don't know how to host other shows and then we, yeah, we lose tried. and we don't like losing <laughs> yeah yeah I, i'm used to it by now but yeah it's a whole thing it's a whole mood 